1: Welcome to First Bite, the Pride of Detroit midweek podcast for your Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the host, the co-host, I should say, of First Bite. Um, with me, as always, is Ryan Matthews ri- at Ryan underscore Pod on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing tonight?
0: Uh, I am anxiously awaiting a potential snow day. It's what keeps me young, everybody.
1: <laughs> the words of a, of the teacher of your kids here.
0: Wants that snow day? I don't blame him. I don't blame. Them. Tough times. For I, I want, I, I, I want kids to be out of school even more. I want to double down. Come on, yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: let's not get into that right away. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we took a week off here on on uh, on first bite because some things happened last week that you may recall, but we want to get back into it. Um, we did a part one of our Dan Campbell kind of profiling a couple of weeks ago talking about his uh, days with the Dolphins with Hal Habib. That was a great conversation. If you missed it, go back. But now it's time to move forward and talk about his last five years that he spent in, with the New Orleans Saints. And we have a very special guest for that as well. Amy Just joins us uh, from NOLA.com, the Saints beat writer over there, at Amy underscore Just on Twitter. Amy, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I spell my name a little weird, though. It's yes. a- A-M-I-E, not i yes. I'm not PAC. A- but anyway.
1: <laughs> Appreciate that clarification. At a m i e underscore just on Twitter. Um, Amy, let's get right into it. Um, I think we let's just get this out of the way at the top. I'm sure you've seen the clips by now. What oh. were your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, what clips? Uh, of the the opening press conference. What were you? What was your reaction when you saw it? Were you just like, that's Dan? Was, was it was it was yeah, that, or, or was it something kind of surprising?
2: No, it was that's Dan. Um, that like he's he's so passionate um and can get caught up a little bit in that passion and I think that happened a couple times and that's okay we're human right um yeah. I was laughing so hard <laughs> when the, the kneecap thing came up yep. um just because I'm like yeah that's uh that shows you how aggressive he is um <laughs> uh I wouldn't take him completely literally though he was really descriptive so I'm wondering if that's from experience but I don't know for sure
1: yeah that that's a good point I mean he does have a long playing career I don't I don't recall any personal foul flags for that during his time in Detroit but my memory doesn't go back that far anyway so it may have happened
0: (laughs) so Amy you mentioned you know that that's you know that was kind of Dan being Dan um how did players respond to that kind of passion that you, that you just mentioned?
2: They loved him. Um, I think you've seen it. I mean, Hal talked about it in his episode with y'all like players love playing for him. Um, And I think that goes a long way. Like he's a really good motivator. Um, And I think that comes from several different areas, just Dan being Dan and then him working for who he's worked for over the years and who he's played for. Um, you kind of figure out who you want to be as a coach, uh, after you've had different types of coaches. And I think he's gotten the best of all of the attributes of the people that he's worked around.
1: It, it's interesting though, because I feel like the national reaction to that press conference was, it was very different than it was locally. And a lot of people were kind of debating, like, do, do today's players really respond to that? Or does it kind of just look like, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself type of thing, but Sounds like – I mean, maybe you just have to be there in the room with him for, for that to kind of resonate with him, Um, even though I think – even though I think it, it very much resonated with Detroit. And I think part of it was just like his press conference was more than that 30-second clip. Um, But, yeah, is, is that kind of what you get the feeling? Like, there, there's no question that, that people will follow him when they're in the room with Dan.
2: Yeah, I think that he's very – he can command a room and not just because he's 6'5. I think because he's got this aura about him. And if you've been in a room with him or even on a Zoom, he there's just something about him that he's got that electric energy about it. Um and I think that's it's going to be a good thing for him starting off. Obviously he has to prove himself, but so far He's doing the things that he needs to do to win over a franchise that, that needs some winning over.
1: And and, uh, sorry, before uh, you get into your next question, Ryan, um, we talked a little bit off, off uh, air here. And you said specifically, you thought he was a great fit for the city of Detroit for Detroit specifically. Do you mind going into that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, he's been there. He's played there. He knows the franchise even he wasn't there for long but even one two years gives you gives you a little tie into what the city is about and for two he's everything that patricia is not yeah everything patricia is not so if you want to start over this is a guy that you can start completely over with um and i think that's a good thing um and there's just i don't know there's something about him that you know he's He comes off like a blue collar guy and uh, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, not COVID, but if you wanted to go out for a beer and a burger with him, like he feels like a guy that you'd be able to do that with. And there are so many coaches in this league. They just feel so inaccessible. And Dan is the opposite of being inaccessible.
0: Well, I I like that you bring that up, Amy, because I I think, over, you know, however many years Sean Payton's been in New Orleans, it's it's been quite a while. How much of Sean Payton overlapped with Dan Campbell in terms of their leadership qualities, in terms of their personalities? Do the, you know, you you said Dan kind of has this aura and this electricity about him. I'm not sure, you know, people in Detroit are privy to Sean, ba- Sean Payton being that guy, but Um, What do you think Dan really learned from Sean in terms of, you know, being a leader and and being a coach?
2: Yeah. So they both have, so they're both Bill Parcells guys. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that working with Sean was just another continuation of that Bill Parcells esque type of leader. Sean obviously puts his own spin on things. um, But I think that that's, helped him it Sean gave him a leadership opportunity right he just wasn't the Saints tight ends coach he was their you know associate assistant head coach which there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and I shows that they trusted each other and I think that's a really big thing that for a guy like Sean Payton of all people to trust you um is huge because Sean has been with the Saints since 2006 so that's 15 seasons which is wild in today's NFL.
0: Yeah. 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 You can count those guys on one hand, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: like and, Mike, and in Mike Detroit,
1: Conlin, Bill Belichick. Yeah. In Detroit, you probably don't need a hand to count those guys. Um, <laughs> but um, you mentioned that assistant head coach comes with a lot more duties. Did, did you get an understanding of, of what those additional duties are? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of fans see that title and they're just like, that's simply just a title so people don't poach him or, or what exactly, you know, did Dan Campbell do that was more than just a tight ends coach?
2: It's a bit of that, but essentially you're the right hand man, right? So if something happens like COVID this year, for example, if you're not swept up in it, you're the guy you've got to know everything. You're like the head coach in waiting almost. And um, that you've got to know and be privy to so many more things um, than you would be if you were just a normal position coach. I don't know the ins and outs and the specifics of all of it, but in a pinch, if he's got to call plays, like he's got, you've got to do it. Right. So you've got to just know a lot more and be in tune with all aspects of the team, not just the tight ends, not just the offense.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I've thrown a hypothetical question at every every person who's been on this podcast. So, Amy, you're going to be no no exception here. So, um, <clears throat> my hypothetical question is: uh, You know, you talk about Dan Campbell being Sean Payton's right hand man. You talk about him, uh, especially with a season like we just had last year. If if COVID had you know sidelined and and we were you know front and center for this in Detroit in terms of losing losing a head coach, um, an interim one in, in Daryl Bevel, and, and moving on to Robert Prince being the head coach for a game. So my hypothetical question is, say things went super south with Sean Payton this season and the Saints decided to move on from Sean Payton for whatever reason. Do you feel like Dan Campbell would have been a guy who could have been like a head coach because he was his right-hand man and a guy in waiting? Or do you I think they know. would have started over?
2: I don't so in an interim situation, oh, they had so many good options. I don't know who it would have been. I mean, yeah, the
0: Lions got a lot got of them.
2: Van, <laughs> you've got uh, Dennis Allen, who's gotten several uh, head coaching interviews over the past several years. Then you've got Aaron Glenn. Uh, Pete Carmichael is their uh, offensive coordinator. And then, man, I don't know. I, th- I, I don't know who it would have been, honestly. Um, and- so many good options,
0: and and the reason why I think it's a you know it's it's a wild question. I mean, who 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 knows why the Saints would ever move on from Sean Payton? But I guess it's just this idea that like a lot of people are wary of Dan Campbell because he doesn't have so much head coaching experience. Sure, he got the interim opportunity in Miami, but I think a lot of Lions fans' reservations about Dan Campbell as a coach is well, he just doesn't have the experience. So,
2: and that's fair. Um, yeah, but how do you get experience without getting an opportunity? Like reach right so, into the choir. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like when you're applying for jobs right out of college and they want three years experience for an entry level job. It's like,
1: right.
2: how does know. that work again? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, let's, let's talk about his, his work as a tight ends coach. Cause I feel like that's a, a topic that isn't really explored much because um, you know he's he's a head coach now. He won't be working specifically with the tight ends too much, but at the same time, the Lions have a young, up-and-coming tight end in TJ Hawkinson, so that influence might be important in Detroit. So, how how did the uh, New Orleans tight ends kind of grow under him in those five years he was over there?
2: Yeah. So the Saints use a lot of two tight end sets, mm-hmm. like a lot of them. Um, and your main blocking tight end, his name is Josh Hill. Um, Sean Payton has called him the front door to the Saints offense. So super important. Um, he missed some time with injuries and concussions over the past couple of seasons. Um, and that really affected their offense. Uh, Josh has been here for God, 10, 11 years now. So he predates Campbell, but they worked together really well. Um, Jared Cook has been here for the last couple of seasons. Um, not sure his future with the franchise um, he, he admitted it he had a down year this year um, but he really liked working with Dan um, and then they had a rookie this year um, from Dayton, Ohio of all places uh, is from Michigan actually originally in uh, Adam Troutman and Adam is more uh, he's kind of hybrid but he, um, is learning how to block better because at the FCS level, if you're a guy that big and a guy that good, you're, you're not blocking. Um, you're, you're their offense. So he's been working on that a lot this season and he credited Dan um, for being one of the catalysts and helping him learn and a role that he hadn't really played because um, he was a quarterback in high school and switched to tight end for college. So that wasn't necessarily he just hasn't done it um but so far so good uh for troutman and i think campbell was integral for his development
0: yeah i mean who better than dan campbell to you know work with a guy like josh hill or work with a guy like troutman when dan campbell himself spent his nfl career being a blocking tight end so um yeah jeremy you got another question
1: well, I was I was also going to say I guess that means the Lions have to go out and find themselves another tight end. Um not not that Hartman isn't that guy, but um yeah, I mean yeah, sure. here
2: to say that they'll incorporate everything from Sean Payton. I'm sure. sure I'm sure Dan wants to put his own flavor on things and not just be Sean Payton 2.0 or whatever. Um So we'll see, but I mean Dan was a tight end, so
1: Right. He's, he's going to enjoy that a little bit. He, he's going to have to talk it over with his offensive coordinator a little bit. But uh, um, any anything else maybe like in terms of philosophically that you think that that he may have taken from either Sean Pay- Payton or Bill Parcells or anything of that that maybe Lions can can affect can uh, expect, I should say, schematically?
2: I would expect not necessarily schematically, but I would expect hard nosed, aggressive, but still creative offenses.
1: So a little bit of the pound the rock type of mentality, but maybe with some some trickeration mixed in there.
2: I mean, what is Sean Payton known for?
1: <laughs> it's true.
2: So we'll, see, we'll see how much he takes from both. But just knowing Dan, um, he's going to get creative because he wants to win. Um, and you saw it in uh, Miami all those years ago. I mean, they went from scoring like literally nothing to scoring a lot.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah. Well, Amy, you mentioned that you checked out our, uh, our, our podcast with Hal Habib and, um, you know, we asked him a similar question, but do you have any personal anecdotal stories about Dan that you, you would be willing to share with us?
2: Yeah. So I've only covered the scenes for two seasons and one of them was, you know, the COVID year. So, um, I haven't had a whole lot of one-on-one in-person time with any of the coaches really other than Sean, um, <laughs> But the one thing is, um, at the combine last year, um, I just remember it was one night and we were at, um, oh, what's the steakhouse?
1: Um, The steakhouse. (laughs) The steakhouse.
2: Um, And he's wearing like these old ratty jeans. And (laughs) like, I don't know how old they are. Um, they were light washed. Um, (laughs) and I'm just thinking, how old are these jeans? (laughs) Like, have you had them since you were a player? I don't know how old they were. Maybe they were made to look like that. Um, but I don't know. That's just always stuck with me. Is that these old ratty jeans that he was wearing, um, at the combine like i don't know why that (laughs) sticks with me but maybe maybe um detroit will pay him enough to where he can afford (laughs) some (laughs) jeans.
1: i get the impression he has not paid for a pair of he he hasn't bought a new pair of jeans in in at least two decades that sounds very on brand him based on what little i know from him
2: i mean if it if it works you know great you know if it ain't don't fix it but man i don't know he needs new jeans that's
1: all fair enough fair enough all right we're going to go to our first break here when we come back we are going to move our conversation to the aforementioned aaron glenn because i know ryan wants to know as much as possible it was his favorite hiring of the rounds and so we're going to ask amy all we can about aaron glenn when we come back on first bite are back on first bite with our special guest amy just from nola.com Saints beat writer um we talked a lot about dan campbell let's and and we've all gotten to know him very well since his press conference so let's move on to a guy we haven't heard a ton about yet since he's landed in detroit and that is new defensive coordinator aaron glenn um ryan i'm just gonna let you take the floor here because you were a huge fan of this hire i know you're excited to learn more about him so um i'll let you have the first question
0: Awesome. So I, I know Amy mentioned, you know, you've only, you know, been covering the beat for the Saints for a couple of years. Um, and you know, this is a defensive backs coach. So um with all of that uh being understood, who is Aaron Glenn? Like just I mean, in 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 the sense that like what was the kind of relationship that he had with the media? Was he all football all time? You're talking about like another ex player. Just what was kind of the the vibe that you got from Aaron Glenn?
2: Yeah, so I really like Aaron Glenn. Um, I've written a lot about the Saints secondary over the past couple of years um, because they've been good. Um, they've had they've had some, you know, issues, um, but it is what it is. Um, and he's always been really honest and open about things. Uh, he likes to to joke uh, a little bit too. Like I asked him once, like if uh, he was allowed to have taste and play on defense, what would he play? Um, And he liked that question. So um, he's a player favorite, first and foremost, like the players love him, like maybe even more than Dan, like, and that's saying something because everyone loves Dan, Uh, unless you're national media, I guess, I don't know. But um, (laughs) shots fired. Sorry. Um, He's really good at communication. And I know like everyone's good at communication. Like no, he's really good at communicating things, um, and he's really good at teaching too. And I think those two go hand in hand. For example, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. You
1: know,
2: I'm not going to call him old, but he is older, veteran, uh, and a good safety. Right? Um, he said earlier this season that Aaron Glenn was one of the first coaches to ever get him. Outside of his comfort zone. And what he means by that is like, so sometimes the Saints do quarters coverage, and that's just not something that he's done a whole lot of, or he didn't like it. Like, it's just, it wasn't something that he was super comfortable with. And, but Aaron pushed him out of that comfort zone by using communication and his teaching to help him become more comfortable in doing it. I mean, Jenkins is what one to two Super Bowls. So like, he knows what he's doing. But I think that says something when a guy of that caliber can still learn new things. um, And have Aaron Glenn being the one teaching him those things.
1: Yeah, and you you, you jumped all over one of my other questions, which was going to be like, how is he able to connect with those veterans yet also? I mean, that's also kind of a sa- a young Saints secondary with a guy like Marshawn Lattimore is a guy who's, you know, obviously his career started out with a bang, kind of had a rough 2019 and then I think rebounded a lot this year. Um, what I guess since we've covered the veteran, how does he kind of do the same thing with with a young player like that?
2: Yeah, I think. There's a lot to be said for how he played for 15 years in the NFL. Like, there's nothing that guy hasn't seen. Yeah. Um, and he's been there, so he speaks from experience. Um, you know, he's had a harder-ish last couple of years, if you want to just look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, um, who is probably the best player right now at getting in other people's heads. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. it's amazing. <laughs> three people so frustrated with him this season that they've punched him in the head. Three. three. It's impressive. Including one of his own teammates. <laughs> so, so he's had to deal with that. But again, like he's seen everything. And I think that's part of why he gets so much respect. Like initially is because he's been there. He's done that. And he just he knows how to connect with people. He doesn't treat everybody in the same way. He treats and educates players in the way that they respond best. And I think that's really important. Uh, as a teacher, and here knows. Uh it's not you don't treat everybody cookie cutter. That's not it's not gonna work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How how much credit do you think Aaron Glenn deserves for, and you know, you you mentioned that you've been uh, paying close attention to that saints defensive backfield. Um, How much credit do you think he deserves versus, I mean, there's just talent all over the place, like Lattimore and Jenkins and and Johnson, as you mentioned, like how much credit do you think belongs to Aaron Glenn and how much of it is just, well, talent's going to talent.
2: It's a bit of both. Um, It's the NFL, right? So, but I I don't know. They played so much better in the secondary this year um, for a number of reasons. But one of them is just how they... And this isn't just on Glenn, right? Um, defensive coordinator, uh, linebackers, couple uh, linemen too. They were tied for the league in picks this year. Like 18, I think it was, 19, something like that. Impressive. Yeah. So I think... For one, it's getting your players in the right place at the right time. But it's also them taking that learning and executing it, right? Um right. You can't get a pick on every play because you're not getting thrown to on every play. But I think that says a lot because last year they were in, like, the middle of the pick. So, them switching to um, – so, their base defense is 4-3, but they played so much nickel this year. Like, I don't like – calling that their base defense, Um, even though it is, it's not, Um, you know, they had some dime and, uh, uh, but yeah, they mostly played two linebackers with five uh, DBs on the field. Um, And I think that may have helped, but again, I don't know how much of that is Dennis Allen and how much of that is Aaron Glenn or how much did I work together with that um, or just how much it was situational.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think you hit the nail on the head when you're like, "Eh, it's a little bit of both. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about his kind of rise here, because, you know, he's he's got a head coaching interview with the Jets. He's he's going to be coordinating for the first time. Um, What do you think is the reason, I guess, that, that he almost even jumped that like. Obviously, again, it's kind of the same thing. Well, yeah, he's never coordinated, but the only way you can get experience coordinating is being a coordinator. But why do you think he almost made that jump to head coach without even being a coordinator?
2: He's really smart. He's really, really smart. And I think that he will benefit from this next opportunity. I don't know how long he'll be there because he may get his shot if detroit does some you know incredible things moving forward or maybe not maybe they don't have to do incredible things and he'll still get a shot um his players will do whatever it takes for him and you want a coach like that especially in this day in the nfl like player favorite coaches that's that's where this is turning right I mean you saw it with Patricia how many players did he drive out of there
1: three uh, that we know of probably more I mean you could argue maybe Matthew Stafford is one of those people too
2: so you have to have cohesion with your team and the Saints are known for that and I think that Aaron is a big reason why they had that um it obviously starts at the top, but I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about that man it, it's I don't know in, why I love, and I'm okay with like, that's, yeah. that's who he is.
1: <laughs> right. And it's int- one thing that, that Dan Campbell has said since landing in Detroit is that he didn't want to hand out jobs to people he knew. Um, and, and, and yes, Aaron Glenn is, is one of the people that he knew, but he had to meet two, two criteria, which is the criteria that, that everyone had to meet. He's a great coach. And a great person, and that's what I'm hearing from you is that he's got both. He knows how to motivate as a person, as a person you can talk to, as a former player that you can relate to. But he's also super smart. He can he can tell you everything about the game, which is which I think leads us into the next question: like defensive coordinator, how's that going to go? And it's pr- it's probably not a, a fair question for you. you. You obviously don't have a crystal ball, but um, I
2: wish I did. I'd be yeah. so.
1: That would be <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> But I, I guess if you had your best guess, I know you just said he's he's a super smart guy. Um does he did he have any like responsibilities that relate to play calling or anything like that?
2: I don't know all of the ins and outs of how they made stuff work, but I feel like his fingerprint was on a lot of stuff. Just the way that the secondary played and it the secondary's role. Um him working with Dennis Allen for the past several years, I think helps. Um Cause Dennis Allen is another guy who uh, he's had a shot at head coaching already, but he's still getting interviews. Um, and I think they all really work together really well, that Saints staff. And so I think that that will be beneficial for him. Um, it also helps that the saints had one of the better defenses in the league this year. And, um, there will be hiccups as there are with everything. Um, I am interested to see how it goes. I don't know how it's going to go. But so far, it feels like Dan has surrounded himself with smart people on both sides of the ball. And from what – I'm trying to be nice here. From what has happened in Detroit over the past several seasons, I feel like surrounding yourself with smart, diverse people is a good start.
1: You, 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 don't right start. Nice. you don't have to be nice by the way we 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 all know what happened before we all are not happy with it so
2: hey i i yeah it.
0: <laughs> we look amy we all lived through paul pascaloni <laughs> So, like we i mean we don't we don't need to cut corners here um the the one the one last question i have for you um and it kind of uh it, it dovetails from from jeremy's question and um Aaron Glenn was a hot commodity. I mean, he interviewed for the Jets' head coaching job. Uh, even pr- you know when Ian Rapaport, Rapp, Rapp, you know, um, prematurely, uh, no, uh, no surprise there. But prematurely said that Aaron Glenn was going to go to Detroit, and then Josina Anderson was like, "Oh, hold on, like there's there's interest from other teams. Like he he's he's in you know high demand to be a defensive coordinator. How much do you think Aaron Glenn looked at Dan Campbell and looked at Detroit and said? You know that's where I want to be, like I want to be with with that guy because of maybe you know ties to the saints being part of that organization like how How much do you think Dan Campbell had an effect on Aaron Glenn coming to Detroit?
2: I think there's something to be said for that, especially since they've worked together before, um, mm-hmm. but also because of that, Aaron knows what Dan prioritizes and I think that. Obviously, the staff isn't completely full yet. But so far, I've been really impressed with the hires that Dan has made. And that he, like I said just a little bit ago, he's surrounding himself with smart, respected people. And it's a diverse staff. Like, think this is this only the second team to Tampa that has two-plus black coordinators. Oh, my God, yeah. So... I think and then obviously the Deuce Staley hire um, as associate or assistant head coach or however you say it up there. thought that was really telling too. And this staff has the potential to do really great things. Uh, I'm not sugarcoating it. That's what I really think. Um, will it be good? I don't know. But has the potential to be that.
1: And I, I want to throw in too, like Aaron Glenn himself had a hand a little bit in the line staff reportedly because he went out and said, hey, I'm a first time coordinator. I know this guy I played for for named Dom Capers. Let's get him aboard. And now he's a senior uh, defensive assistant, which I mean, that's I think that's great to have a guy like that, 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 you know, Aaron Glenn already has a working relationship with and a guy who's been <laughs> coaching for nearly a half a century, 47 wow. years, I believe. Um that that brings in you know kind of fill in the maybe inexperienced part of the staff, which I think is is maybe the only concern that I, I see people having is that it's a bunch of young people doing their jobs for the first time. But like we said, like got to start somewhere, and I think these basically everyone who got a big promotion here in Detroit, I think uh, deserved it. Long and time coming.
2: Been here before. Yeah, that helps. I think.
1: True. True.
2: Not- All right inexperienced people
1: right exactly there's there's a good mix there um amy i think we're going to wrap it up here um before we let you go i'm going to give you a couple seconds here to uh promote whatever you want um maybe if there's any lines related content on on aaron glenn or dan campbell that you did or even if there isn't um where can people find you
2: yeah, so I tweet uh, all my stories and other stupid shit at uh, on my Twitter at Amy underscore Just. So that's Amy A M I E underscore um, I try to keep the the Bachelor and Bachelorette tweets to a minimum, but uh, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's a day. Um, but yeah, right now I'm working on some Super Bowl stuff, Louisiana focused stuff, um, Hall of Fame stuff, because we all know that Peyton Manning is probably going in um, and so yeah that's uh, what I'm working on right now and then just in limbo until Drew decides what he wants to do
1: <laughs> yes uh, I have fun in that waiting game we only had to wait a week which was uh, <laughs> alright eating a dub over there chill right hey. <laughs> it is I hope it works.
0: All right, the the New Orleans rules. Saints I hope it works <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out
1: all right, Amy, thanks again for joining us. We do appreciate your time. Maybe we'll catch up again soon once, uh, once you know, uh, Aaron Glenn becomes the next head coach or something uh, here in Detroit. Who knows? Uh, the, the future is unknown at this point. But thanks again for joining us. And thank you for all listening. We will be back with our uh, Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl uh, podcast live on Monday night. Uh, that will be on the podcast feed on Tuesday morning. But until then, it's chaos. Be kind. Oh! <laughs>